the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Roots of Reconstruction by Rusas John Rushduni Narrated by Shelby Luke Thank you for joining me this week in the reading of Roots of Reconstruction by Rusus John Rushduni. In lieu of the judgment of God across this nation, I appeal to you to listen, learn, and live as the Holy Spirit guides you in the truth of the Word of God. The words and prompting of fallible men do not hold a candle to the truth of Scripture, and the truth of Scripture will only be words to our ears unless we exhort, establish, and exercise these infallible words in every area of thought and life. Chalcedon Report number 50, October 1969. A friend recently reported his experience to me. He was debating with a Marxist at a major university campus, and he recognized in the course of the debate that both of them were championing, quote, peace and freedom, unquote but with very different meanings. Underlying the words were radically different presuppositions. Before any of us line up with, quote, freedom fighters, unquote, quote, libertarians, unquote, liberty leaguers, lobbies, defenders, or what have you, it is important for us to know what these words mean to those who use them. One of the key words of the modern era is freedom. The Renaissance and the Enlightenment laid great stress on freedom and yet produced tyranny. And basic to the dialectics of the modern world are the notions of freedom and nature. This new doctrine of freedom came into its open philosophical expression in Kant and Hegel, and its political expression in revolutionary movements from the French Revolution to the present. Someone once remarked, after listening to a variety of Marxist, existentialist, new leftist, and Fabian speakers, that they were nothing but hypocrites, because they championed freedom while promoting statism and totalitarianism. This charge could not be more unjust. These men and student speakers were not hypocrites. They were intensely sincere and passionately convinced of the rightness of their position however wrong from our view. We cannot understand the movements of our time if we fail to understand what freedom means in the modern age. In Hegel's philosophy, this doctrine found powerful expression, and it has since influenced most modern thinkers. Stirner, Marx, J.S. Mill, Spencer, Nietzsche, Emerson, Dewey, Sorte, Marcuse, and others. Hegel was intensely concerned with freedom, and he traced its history carefully in several studies. For Hegel, and the modern mind, the essential meaning of freedom is man's liberation from and independence of God. Freedom from God, this is what liberty means in the modern age. In America, from the colonials to the founding fathers, it was repeatedly affirmed that freedom from God is slavery to man. After 1860, the modern concept of freedom was clearly dominant in the United States also. 
This new freedom was sometimes anarchistic and sometimes totalitarian. Quote, anarchism, unquote, is a word coming from the Greek and meaning, quote, without authority, unquote. Quote, tyranny, unquote, means confusion, having no divine law. In either case, its basic idea of liberty is freedom from God. As a result, anarchists and socialists have never been too far apart. Anarchism replaces the authority of God with the authority of the individual man. Socialism, democracy, fascism, and other forms of collectivism replace the authority of God with the authority of collective man. Many of the leading figures of both sides have often moved back and forth between anarchism and socialism. Marx incorporated both into his system. John Stuart Mill moved from a semi-anarchism to socialism. Thoreau advocated anarchism. Emerson held to a semi-anarchistic position, but was also congenial to socialism. Emerson's influence on Nietzsche has not been fully appreciated. Nietzsche spoke of him as, quote, my beloved Emerson, unquote. Abolitionists like William Lloyd Garrison have aspects of both positions in their thinking, and so on. The liberal, conservative, and radical traditions of our day have all been profoundly influenced by Hegel, and the post-Hegelian thinkers and their ideas have a common secularism. That is, they think of freedom and social order without God. The liberals and the radicals are usually self-consciously atheistic. They knowingly advocate a doctrine of freedom from God as true liberty. The conservative is usually unconsciously atheistic. He denies that he is anti-God. But he bypasses the whole matter because he claims that he wants to avoid, quote, sectarianism. But if God is not our sovereign source of authority and freedom in every area, then we are, to that extent, atheistic. The state should not be under the church, nor the church under the state, nor the school under either. Each are under God, and positively required to serve Him, or else they are atheistic. Church, state, school, family, and every other sphere of life are either under God, or they are under men as their sovereign power. Freedom from God means servitude to man. Freedom under God means freedom from man. Revolutions in the modern age are essentially revolutions against God. Several of the, quote, new libertarians, unquote, have lately stated that it is not necessary to have a purpose for revolution. What is necessary is to have a revolution against the idea of a God-given order. In other words, their goal is freedom from God. And to gain this, all existing institutions, because they represent a hangover from a Christian society, must be destroyed. The result is total warfare. When a social order begins to break down and the end of an age appears, man begins to feel uncertain of his ground because his basic premises are being destroyed. Although the days prior to the Reformation saw less social and economic changes than the 17th century witnessed, the lack of faith led men to despair, so that they felt, in the words of a historian A.G. Dickens, in Reformation and Society, quote, 
a dread of universal dissolution, unquote. This same dread obsesses men today who live in greater prosperity than their forefathers. Having no faith to live by but a crumbling humanism, they live in, quote, a dread of universal dissolution, unquote. But even worse, too many of them, as a matter of humanistic principle, are waging a revolutionary war designed to bring about universal dissolution. To gain freedom from God, they seek the destruction of all existing social order. This is not a limited war. It cannot be fought with a limited faith. More than the church is at stake, and more than a political election and control of the state, schools, or any other sphere. Elections are regularly being won and the war lost because every side has the same anti-God doctrine of freedom. And it will not do to talk about, quote, God in America, unquote, and feel that words are the answer. If we are for freedom under God rather than from God, we must reestablish our institutions and our society on that basis. We must begin now the task of Christian reconstruction, establishing Christian homes, Christian schools and institutions, Christian scholarship, a Christian civil order, a social order in its every aspect grounded on the biblical law word. And we cannot do that without knowing the Bible. The tragedy of our age is that the church has reduced the Bible to an ecclesiastical or church book, whereas it is God's word for the whole of life and for every institution. In 1925, T.S. Eliot wrote a telling poem on, quote, the hollow men, unquote. The hollow men are the men of this generation, men without faith. They are, quote, the stuffed men, unquote, full of facts and data, ready with words, but basically meaningless, so that their heads are really, quote, filled with straw, unquote. Having no faith, they have no direction. They move, but go nowhere. Shape without form, shade without color, paralyzed force, gesture without motion. They have eyes but cannot see. They are acted upon rather than acting. They are hollow of meaning but stuffed with straw. Meaningless pretenses at meaning. They can only produce a, quote, wasteland, unquote, out of life. Hollow men cannot create a social order. They can only destroy it. Hollow men can defend nothing, because they themselves are nothing. We live in a day of hollow men who blame everyone for their predicament except themselves. When they declared their freedom from God, they became hollow men, whatever their politics, conservative or radical. Sartre defined freedom as man's freedom from God, and its goal or, quote, project is to be God, unquote. Man declares his independence from God in order to be his own God. The goal is a futile one. However, and Sartre concluded, quote, man is a useless passion, unquote. Not surprisingly, humanists who have been proclaiming the death of God are in some cases now going a step beyond. In France, a new and influential philosophy whose spokesman is Michael Foucault is now proclaiming the death of man. Man, as a useless passion and a futile being,
must soon disappear, we are told. The hollow men are bent on suicide and destruction. More than that, they have what Albert William Levi so aptly termed Nietzsche's, quote, will to illusion, unquote. A love of a lie and a preference for it. A delight in illusions rather than reality. A preference for grand gestures rather than meaningful acts. The result of freedom from God is a generation of hollow men. What do you want? Hollow men or God's men? If you want hollow men, well and good. Our schools, universities, churches, and families are all doing an excellent job of producing a generation for whom liberty means freedom from God. They may call themselves leftists, conservatives, libertarians, churchmen, and whatever else they will, but unless they recognize the sovereignty of God over every sphere of life and every area of thought, they are practical atheists. If what you want is freedom from God, then congratulations. You are doing your job effectively in every area. But if not, quote, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. Unquote. 1 Kings 18.21 Chalcedon Report number 50 October 1969 A friend recently reported his experience to me. He was debating with a Marxist at a major university campus and he recognized in the course of the debate that both of them were championing, quote, peace and freedom, unquote, but with very different meanings. Underlying the words were radically different presuppositions. Before any of us line up with, quote, freedom fighters, unquote, quote, libertarians, unquote, liberty leaguers, lobbies, defenders, or what have you, it is important for us to know what these words mean to those who use them. One of the key words of the modern era is freedom. The Renaissance and the Enlightenment laid great stress on freedom and yet produced tyranny. And basic to the dialectics of the modern world are the notions of freedom and nature. This new doctrine of freedom came into its open philosophical expression in Kant and Hegel, and its political expression in revolutionary movements from the French Revolution to the present. Someone once remarked, after listening to a variety of Marxist, existentialist, new leftist, and Fabian speakers, that they were nothing but hypocrites, because they championed freedom while promoting statism and totalitarianism. This charge could not be more unjust. These men and student speakers were not hypocrites. They were intensely sincere and passionately convinced of the rightness of their position, however wrong from our view. We cannot understand the movements of our time if we fail to understand what freedom means in the modern age. In Hegel's philosophy, this doctrine found powerful expression and it has since influenced most modern thinkers. Stirner, Marx, J.S. Mill, Spencer, Nietzsche, Emerson, Dewey, Sorte, Marcuse, and others. Hegel was intensely concerned with freedom, and he traced its history carefully in several studies. For Hegel, and the modern mind, 
The essential meaning of freedom is man's liberation from and independence of God. Freedom from God, this is what liberty means in the modern age. In America, from the colonials through the founding fathers, it was repeatedly affirmed that freedom from God is slavery to man. After 1860, the modern concept of freedom was clearly dominant in the United States also. This new freedom was sometimes anarchistic and sometimes totalitarian. Quote, anarchism, unquote, is a word coming from the Greek and meaning, quote, without authority, unquote. Quote, tyranny, unquote, means confusion, having no divine law. In either case, its basic idea of liberty is freedom from God. As a result, Anarchist and socialist have never been too far apart. Anarchism replaces the authority of God with the authority of the individual man. Socialism, democracy, fascism, and other forms of collectivism replace the authority of God with the authority of collective man. Many of the leading figures of both sides have often moved back and forth between anarchism and socialism. Marx incorporated both into his system. John Stuart Mill moved from a semi-anarchism to socialism. Thoreau advocated anarchism. Emerson held to a semi-anarchistic position, but was also congenial to socialism. Emerson's influence on Nietzsche has not been fully appreciated. Nietzsche spoke of him as, quote, my beloved Emerson, unquote. Abolitionists like William Lloyd Garrison have aspects of both positions in their thinking, and so on. The liberal, conservative, and radical traditions of our day have all been profoundly influenced by Hegel, and the post-Hegelian thinkers and their ideas have a common secularism. That is, they think of freedom and social order without God. The liberals and the radicals are usually self-consciously atheistic. They knowingly advocate a doctrine of freedom from God as true liberty. The conservative is usually unconsciously atheistic. He denies that he is anti-God. But he bypasses the whole matter because he claims that he wants to avoid, quote, sectarianism. But if God is not our sovereign source of authority and freedom in every area, then we are, to that extent, atheistic. The state should not be under the church nor the church under the state, nor the school under either. Each are under God, and positively required to serve Him, or else they are atheistic. Church, state, school, family, and every other sphere of life are either under God, or they are under men as their sovereign power. Freedom from God means servitude to man. Freedom under God means freedom from man. Revolutions in the modern age are essentially revolutions against God. Several of the, quote, new libertarians, unquote, have lately stated that it is not necessary to have a purpose for revolution. What is necessary is to have a revolution against the idea of a God-given order. In other words, their goal is freedom from God. And to gain this, all existing institutions, because they represent a hangover from a Christian society, must be destroyed. The result is total warfare. 
When a social order begins to break down and the end of an age appears, man begins to feel uncertain of his ground because his basic premises are being destroyed. Although the days prior to the Reformation saw less social and economic changes than the 17th century witnessed, the lack of faith led men to despair, so that they felt, in the words of a historian A.G. Dickens, in Reformation and Society, quote, a dread of universal dissolution, unquote. This same dread obsesses men today who live in greater prosperity than their forefathers. Having no faith to live by but a crumbling humanism, they live in, quote, a dread of universal dissolution, unquote. But even worse, too many of them, as a matter of humanistic principle, are waging a revolutionary war designed to bring about universal dissolution. To gain freedom from God, they seek the destruction of all existing social order. This is not a limited war. It cannot be fought with a limited faith. More than the church is at stake, and more than a political election and control of the state, schools, or any other sphere. Elections are regularly being won, and the war lost, because every side has the same anti-God doctrine of freedom. And it will not do to talk about, quote, God in America, unquote, and feel that words are the answer. If we are for freedom under God rather than from God, we must reestablish our institutions and our society on that basis. We must begin now the task of Christian reconstruction, establishing Christian homes, Christian schools and institutions, Christian scholarship, a Christian civil order, a social order in its every aspect grounded on the biblical law word. And we cannot do that without knowing the Bible. The tragedy of our age is that the church has reduced the Bible to an ecclesiastical or church book, whereas it is God's word for the whole of life and for every institution. In 1925, T.S. Eliot wrote a telling poem on, quote, the hollow men, unquote. The hollow men are the men of this generation, men without faith. They are, quote, the stuffed men, unquote, full of facts and data, ready with words, but basically meaningless, so that their heads are really, quote, filled with straw, unquote. Having no faith, they have no direction. They move, but go nowhere. Shape without form, shade without color, paralyzed force, gesture without motion. They have eyes but cannot see. They are acted upon rather than acting. They are hollow of meaning but stuffed with straw, meaningless pretenses at meaning. They can only produce a, quote, wasteland, unquote, out of life. Hollow men cannot create a social order. They can only destroy it. Hollow men can defend nothing, because they themselves are nothing. We live in a day of hollow men who blame everyone for their predicament except themselves. When they declared their freedom from God, they became hollow men, whatever their politics, conservative or radical. Sartre defined freedom as man's freedom from God, and its goal or, quote, project is to be God, unquote. Man declares his independence from God in order to be his own God. The goal is a futile one. 
However, and Sartre concluded, quote, man is a useless passion, unquote. Not surprisingly, humanists who have been proclaiming the death of God are in some cases now going a step beyond. In France, a new and influential philosophy whose spokesman is Michael Foucault is now proclaiming the death of man. Man, as a useless passion and a futile being, must soon disappear, we are told. The hollow men are bent on suicide and destruction. More than that, they have what Albert William Levi so aptly termed Nietzsche's, quote, will to illusion, unquote. A love of a lie and a preference for it. A delight in illusions rather than reality. A preference for grand gestures rather than meaningful acts. The result of freedom from God is a generation of hollow men. What do you want? Hollow men or God's men? If you want hollow men, well and good. Our schools, universities, churches, and families are all doing an excellent job of producing a generation for whom liberty means freedom from God. They may call themselves leftists, conservatives, libertarians, churchmen, and whatever else they will, but unless they recognize the sovereignty of God over every sphere of life and every area of thought, they are practical atheists. If what you want is freedom from God, then congratulations. You are doing your job effectively in every area. But if not, quote, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. Unquote. First Kings 1821. Thank you for joining me this week in the reading of Roots of Reconstruction by Bruce's John Rushman. Lord willing, we will be reading again next week. Until then, may God bless your endeavors as you serve the one and only King Jesus. It was the blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, the love he had shown us by his paying the very price. It was there at Calvary's tree, where he died for you and me. Jesus is
of his wrath. Tell the world of his love. Tell the world how Jesus Christ has set you free. Set you free. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.